This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas Hospital Association. Hello, welcome to Plain Spoken. I'm Karen Brayman with the Kansas Hospital Association. Today, our topic is transportation's impact on health in rural Kansas. I'm excited to welcome two guests today to provide rural community perspectives on how transportation challenges impact an individual's and a community's overall health. This podcast is part of a project supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration in partnership with the Kansas Department of Health and Environment and KHA's foundation, HealthWorks. Here with us today are Michelle Griffin, Director of Mobility Management with the North Central Kansas Coordinated Transit District, and Lissa Regeer, President and CEO of Thrive Allen County. Michelle and Lissa, welcome. You both have participated in our initiative centered on transportation impacts on health, including a focus group and interviews that then resulted in an issue brief that we published a few weeks ago. Thank you for joining us today for our podcast. Topic that may not readily bring to mind a connection with health. I'd like to start us off by having each of you comment on the transportation issues that you are seeing in your region of Kansas and how that impacts an individual's or a community's health. Michelle, why don't we start with you? Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me here today. Uh, So we definitely see transportation issues in our region, especially related to health. So we see people needing more specialists, which means longer drives and bigger cities. Uh, We've also seen people deal with long-term treatment plans like dialysis and cancer treatments. Again, they have to travel to where those facilities are. Transportation options are absolutely vital for rural communities. People want to live at home in the communities they love, but they need to get to those medical appointments. There's also service gaps, a lack of connections to get from one part of the state to another, and the availability of rides after hours and on weekends. Many agencies also have jurisdictional boundaries, meaning that they can't cross county lines. Sometimes if you can get a connection, then the trip cost might be overwhelming. So all of these things combined may lead to missed appointments. So for example, one missed dialysis appointment decreases quality of life significantly for that person. And then of course, we have to talk about social isolation. People have been staying home for two years and the effects of that isolation are staggering. I have heard that it can be worse than the effects of long-term heavy smoking which is really mind-blowing for me. Kansas is also ranked in the lower tier of states for public health, according to U.S. News and World Report. So any way that we can improve the health of our residents, we really should take advantage of that. Michelle, thank you for that. You raised a lot of really important issues, especially related to health status and access to specialty care and the impact of social isolation. Lissa, how about you? Yeah, so I echo everything that Michelle said. Uh, Thrive Allen County is located in Allen County, Kansas. Uh, So we are in the southeast part of the state in a highly depressed area. We uh, tend to be seen as the poor region of the state, less educated uh, and the worst health outcomes. And so I paint that picture to to really um, help your uh, listeners understand where we're coming from here. So we are about two hours from any metropolitan area, um, truly rural in Allen County. And so we are about 12,500 people spread out over a 505 
square mile radius in our county alone. And uh, the only transportation that we have had for years in Allen County is a senior bus that our county has run. And so what we really started to see here at Thrive was a complete lack of people being able to get to the grocery store, people being able to get to doctor's appointments, people being able to get to specialty appointments. So through our rural health initiative, which uh, we call RHI, where we bring all of our healthcare entities, our social service organizations, our safety net organizations come together once a month and discuss the barriers that our community members are facing. Transportation has been at the top of this list since I started at Thrive back in 2014. And so um, we happened to get really lucky in 2019, uh, bringing on a staff member here at Thrive who was able to really start finding grant funding that would allow us to move forward in this area. And one of the ways that we um, were able to move forward is we did surveys through all of our organizations uh, that are involved in RHI. And through those surveys, what we found was um, we had community members who went more than three weeks without going to the grocery store because their neighbor could not take them and they were not of an ability to walk to the nearest grocery store. Again, 505 square miles. And we found people who were missing weeks of dialysis treatment because they couldn't get to Chanute, which is about a 15 to 20 minute drive south of us. We had a woman who missed three chemotherapy appointments in a row because she could not find someone to take her to Kansas City. This was abhorrent to us. Uh, these are our community members. This is their health. Fleetly saw that intersection of transportation and health. And then the other part of health for us at Thrive Allen County is we don't look at health as solely physical health. So when you start talking about transportation and health, we also look at our economy. And for every dollar that you put into a transportation program, at the very least, your community is getting $4 back. It's looking right now, the new studies and data are showing that it's $5 back. And that is because these individuals are able to shop in your grocery stores and go to doctor's appointments and continue to put that money back into the community. But if they don't have a way to leave their house and get to these places, they're not going to put that money back into your economy. So we see it both as physical health and also as financial, economical health and well-being of our community to be able to finally have uh, transportation in Allen County. Great point, Lisa. And I really like how you characterized it as the intersection between transportation and health. You both raised the uh, important point about access to health care and in particular examples about patients needing specialty care, perhaps uh, cancer treatments or dialysis treatments. Um, and Lisa, you also mentioned access to healthy foods, just yeah. access to a grocery store. Are there other populations that either of you see who may be impacted more significantly than others when you are considering transportation challenges in your communities and how that impacts overall health status. And Lisa, why don't you kick us off first? I see um, two major populations here. One is our elderly population. In fact, we had a community conversation last week in Iola where uh, the manager of our grocery store mentioned that he, a program where he takes groceries to residents um, once a week and that that is the only time many of these residents who are elderly see someone, have access to someone. And so you think about one of the reasons that is, is because they're not even aware because this transportation program is just over a year old here in Allen County. 
that they might have access to free public transportation to get them out of the house, to take them to places where they, they can connect and build relationship. Because what Michelle said is a thousand percent spot on. Social isolation has been an issue in our rural communities for a while now, and COVID has exacerbated that. Um, so I look at that elderly population, and we have a large aging population in Allen County. They need to feel connected. They also are the population that are highly, highly utilizing our safety net transportation program that Thrive runs. We have two transportation programs in Allen County. We've got the public transportation program through the county, and then we have a safety net transportation program through Thrive. So we are able to take people outside of Allen County within about 115 mile radius to any safety net appointment. So that's specialty care, it's court services, it's disability, it's social security, um, anything that those community members need and those tend to be our elderly community members who need those rides to those specialty care appointments. And this is the only way they make it. Um, so that is the first population that comes to mind. And the second is, I mentioned at the, at the beginning of the podcast that we are a more depressed area. Um, our community is socioeconomically poorer than many others. That's Southeast Kansas as a whole, as a region. And so these are people that can't afford a vehicle. And even if they can, that vehicle is not great and it breaks down a lot, or right now they can't afford the gas in it. And so in order for them to get to their work, which is their livelihood to make sure that they can get those groceries and, and everything else, they need to have a program that can get them there. And so we have really started working with our industries to make sure that we've got a transportation program that will be able to get people who um, tend to be uh, lower on the economic scale to jobs, to doctor's appointments, to the bank, to the grocery store. So those are the two main groups that I see. They're the working poor and the elderly. And Michelle, how about you? Are you seeing you know, similar issues and challenges to what Lissa described? Yes, absolutely. So what she talked about is not uh, limited to just Allen County, but I feel like that is statewide. It's for sure in my region. So I work with eight counties here in North Central Kansas. We see those same exact issues uh, with the elderly. Another area that we focus on here, OCCK works a lot with people with disabilities. So that's another area that we see a lot um, for and those exact same reasons, they have to have their friends and family take them places as they're not able to drive. And Kansas also has 22 counties that still need transportation service. So we have a lot of work to do here in the state of how we can provide services to everyone. Thanks, Michelle. And you raise an important point about partnering in the communities that you serve. In each of your respective roles, your organizations are doing some interesting work that uh, some of that you've talked about earlier, but are there other ways that your organizations have used to uh, address transportation issues that you would see as promising strategies that might be applicable for other parts of the state? Yeah, so at Thrive here in Allen County, we um, we approach transportation in a couple of different ways. So. Uh, we are 95% grant funded here at Thrive. So that is always how we kind of look through the lens of how we can make things happen in our community. And so we were able to start with a National Center of Mobility Management grant 
through RHI that allowed us to do a pilot program. We were their smallest rural community to do this. And that is how we really truly started to learn about the issues facing our community members and why this uh, this program was so important. And then we were able to go to the county at the time and say, this is what that, that process showed us. This is the data. This is why we need this program. And then we were able to pilot for free a transportation program through that grant um, that provided the funding. And so we started there. That was allowed that allowed us to inform the county commissioners of the need. And so then we were able to write for the county uh, the transportation grant through KDOT that allowed for them to have that 70-30 match for them to provide public transportation. So it assisted them in growing their program. Um, and at Thrive, what we have done is go after funding that has allowed us to provide that safety net transportation. But we also um, ended up writing grants to KDOT as well, both for 5310 and 5311 services. 5310 being that senior and disability service uh, and 5311 being public transportation. And the way that we were able to go after that is through partnerships. We looked at where our community members were utilizing transportation the most. So our federally qualified health center, our mental health center, our hospital, we went to those health entities and said, would you be willing to be a part of the match for transportation? Because you are the, the organizations that our community members are utilizing the most. So it was saving these organizations, these health entities, money to have this public transportation set up because they now weren't trying to figure out how to get their clients, their patients to those appointments. It was able to happen through public transportation. Uh, Thrive has looked at this in a, in a wider lens. So we will continue to have those conversations with those entities because it is a lot of their patients that we are taking to specialty appointments. Um, and so we will continue that, but we also have looked at our industries because what we know in Allen County is that one of the bigger struggles is we've got um, shift workers who need transportation overnight to uh, get to work. And so that is why Thrive went after 5311 uh, status is so when the county shuts their public transportation down at 430, Thrive will be able to step in and say, okay, for the overnight, we will, we will provide that public transportation. And we have partnered with our local industries to do the match because they understand that this will be a way to make sure that their employees get to work and that helps that industry it helps that employee and as a community-based organization we know all of that circles back around into that community uh basically a community well-being where that employee now can get to work they have that income coming in they can support their family and everything continues to work more smoothly. And we're also partnered with the college because they have a lot of international students and those international students lack access into the community without public transportation as well. So for us, it truly is about partnership and being able to tell a story and show data about how important this program is to each of those entities who are willing to also buy into the program. Well, Lissy, you've raised a key point about identifying funding sources, the importance of partnerships in many ways, and you also identified another population group that's impacted that contributes to the economy as well, and that is shift workers. Yes. So Michelle, 
how about you? What are one or two promising strategies that you all have incorporated at OCCK in serving your region's transportation needs? We're excited here in North Central Kansas. I was the first full-time mobility manager in the state. And so I came on board about five and a half years ago, five years ago, there was not much communication between agencies. They really were sticking with their own areas, taking their own people. They didn't really want to talk to each other or work together. And I am so proud of the work that we have done. And they have really come together and we're able to do coordinated rides now. So we can have one agency pick someone up and work with another agency to get them to their final location. That's been five years in the making. So it's been really great that we've been able to do that. We created 81 Connection, which is a fixed route bus service that runs from Belleville to Salina three times a day, Monday through Friday. Uh, We have our five-year anniversary coming up in September, and we have transported more than 10,000 people. So that has been an amazing partnership uh, between many agencies here in North Central Kansas. And Karen, can I interrupt just for a second to piggyback off what Michelle said? I think one of the most important things Michelle said there was about the partnerships, and and I know I highlighted that too, but any community that can start breaking down those silos uh, and start having those conversations, those are the communities that I think are going to be best suited to move forward because you can't be one organization thinking you can do this. It will not work, especially in a rural community. You need to be partnered. You need to have people on your team, people who can advocate for the program and who are willing to be a part of it. Um, We currently are getting ready to roll off a completely new nonprofit to handle our transportation here in Allen County. It's uh, called ART, uh, Allen Regional Transit. Um, And it's because we understand this is so much bigger than Thrive. It really needs to be able to stand on its own um, and be able to have its own staff. And so we're so excited about that, but we never could have done it without all of the other partners involved, there's just no way. And so I just wanna reiterate what Michelle and I both said and highlight that as just such an important piece of this transportation puzzle is making sure that you have those partners and starting those conversations as soon as possible. And the conversation doesn't have to start about transportation. It can be any number of things that start building up those relationships between the organizations and then moving into transportation. But really being able to break down silos so that organizations are hearing each other. Because here's the other thing, you know, we work uh, very closely with our federally qualified health center. So the CHC of SEK of Southeast Kansas, they have a huge transportation program they have built themselves. They very purposely have not built it here in Allen County because they already work with us. And so it's this idea of not duplicating services that don't need to be duplicated. And if you are having those conversations, then you are helping each other out. And we are each other's biggest allies in this area because we we all want what's best for our community. And we want to do it in a way that is not overlapping negatively, but instead is collaborative and making sure that everyone's on the same page. And so really highlighting that that open conversation and building those relationships is so important. You both have just done a great job of elevating how important those relationships are in the collective impact that you can have within your community and region. And I want to congratulate you both. And Michelle, when I first spoke with you about transportation a couple of months back, mobility management was a term that I hadn't heard before. And 
you know, really just hearing you talk about that role today, I mean, it really has been a trailblazing role over the last five years or so. So congratulations on the milestones that, that you've hit. And, and now there are many more mobility managers uh, in, in your area. And uh, thank you for uh, getting that started. Well, I'd like to hear recommendations that each of you may have regarding resources needed to address transportation challenges in your communities. You've talked about a lot of work that you've been doing that doesn't happen alone or in isolation, and it also requires resources to get there. So Michelle, why don't you start off by uh, talking to us about those resources you see are really critical to addressing these challenges? Sure, so one thing that I've definitely learned over the years is that listening is so important need to understand the needs of the people, of your passengers, but then you also need to understand the needs of the agencies that you're working with, both the transit agencies, the social service agencies, employers, and then of your communities. You know, so we love living rural, but being rural brings its own set of challenges. So we have declining populations in a lot of areas. We need to figure out how to keep people living where they want to live. We need to understand why people use print Transportation, it's not one size fits all. Everybody has a different reason for why they're doing it. And then we want to learn from others. There's really no need to recreate the wheel. Um, again, you have to have so many partners and stakeholders, and we can't emphasize that piece enough. You need to have community buy-in and support. You can't do it alone. Your community has to support what you're doing. You have to have those funding partners. And you really need your transportation solutions to be visible so people see them, they know that they're there, they understand why they're there. Great examples, Michelle. Thank you. Lissa, how about you? What recommendations do you have regarding resources needed to address transportation challenges? So partners and funders are the biggest thing. Uh, you need both. What I think about is one is being creative. And we always talk about being scrappy and creative uh, in our community. And so you know, when we were looking at these grant funds, so KDOT is one I'm always going to throw out because they do such an amazing job of, of that 70% match that they can do to assist communities. They don't have to do that, but they do it. And it is so important that they do that because I don't think our rural communities could make transportation work without it. Um, and so then on that match side, that's where you've got to get creative. And, and so one of the ways we ended up doing that with our RHI partners um, was they all said, well, how can we find funding to be able to assist you guys on this match? Well, the way they ended up doing it was saying, hey, we've got some communications dollars. Could we put flyers and advertisements inside the vehicle? Could people be handed those as they're in the vehicle? And so instead of just saying, here's, here's money for a match, it's they get to talk with their funders about, we are now advertising to a very um, precise group of people. They they've got nothing else to do in that vehicle. So they've got our, our information in front of them. They can learn about us. And so finding, you know, things like that to, to think outside the box about how you might be able to get that, that those match dollars in. Um, and then also industry, I mentioned them earlier, really thinking, like Michelle said, who is benefiting from transportation in your community? Who do you need at the table? Um, the employees and the employer, employers, the patients, and those providing the care um, to make sure you have all the voices at the table. And so being able to do that allowed us to go to industries and say, we need a match. And they provide a much larger match because they're looking at getting people 
to work. Um, they can't keep their industries open without people being there. And so knowing how to have those conversations and then also you know, having an idea of who will provide funding if you are able to write the proper grant proposal uh, for your transportation programs. And, you know, I mentioned the National Center of Mobility Management is how we got started. Uh, I, for any of our Kansas rural communities, I would mention the, the Patterson Family Foundation to take a look at them and reach out to them and have a conversation with them about what that could look like. They are currently our funder, uh, our main funder for transportation outside of KDOT. Um, so always thinking outside the box um, about about the different funding sources that might be available. Well, that's great. Uh, thank you both for the um, really creative and innovative solutions that you all have developed in your communities. As we wrap up, are there any final comments or insights that either of you would like to share? Yeah, so I think the first thing is don't give up. If you know your community needs it, and and I think every community does, uh, don't give up. I think it's really easy uh, to come from this transportation issue from a scarcity mindset, saying we don't have the funding, we don't have the resources, so we can't do it. Uh, I was taught early on here at Thrive, you never come at, across uh, an issue in your community from a scarcity mindset. You come from an opportunity mindset. So what is the opportunity that is presenting itself. And so I came on in 2014. It took us five years to figure it out, but we never quit trying to figure it out. We looked at all different kinds of models. And I want to give a huge shout out to all of the transportation programs in the state because we went to a number of them saying, this is what we want to do. Will you share your model? Will you share information? Will you share data so that we can move this forward? We never got a no. Everyone said, you are going to need this program. We will do whatever we can to help you what has worked for us, where the pitfalls are, uh, where the opportunities are, because we want to see you succeed. A rising tide lifts all boats. We want all of our rural communities rising. And we know that transportation is a huge barrier, um, the lack of transportation. And so we want to be able to assist. And so my big thing is don't give up. Know that you've got allies. We're right here on this podcast with you. We would love to connect with you. Uh, and we want to see you succeed because that means our rural communities are getting to a healthier, more thriving uh, way of life. And that's what we want to see for you. Opportunity mindset. That is wise counsel indeed. Thank you, Lisa. Michelle, how about you? Any final words of wisdom you'd like to offer? <laughs> and everything that we've talked about on both sides, just I, I agree. I agree with all of it. Um, we're really all on the same team here in the state. We all need to work together because we all want Kansas to thrive, as we've talked about. So I'm definitely here to help anyone. If they have questions, want to reach out, email us, whatever, uh, we're here and we're ready to work together. Great. Thanks, Michelle. Well, you both have offered just wonderful rural community perspectives on transportation and health and really elevated um, not only opportunities, uh, but also solutions as well. So thank you both so much for your time. Uh, Michelle Griffin, Director of Mobility Management with the North Central Kansas Coordinated Transit District, and Lissa Regeer, President and CEO of Thrive Allen County. And I might just mention again to our listeners that on KJ's website, on our HealthWorks Projects page, we also have an issue brief on rural community perspectives on transportation and health. Well, thank you both very much. For more information on Kansas health issues, go to kha-net.org.